The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, super fly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! I feel like I owe an apology to you to Walnuts. <laughs> really? <laughs> People know I say some outlandish shit about Walnuts just because he like made us delete his uh, his interview back in the day. His his wicked retarded yeah. interview. And I was like ready for the time I was going to meet him. I was like, all right, I got to have something snappy to say when I first see him. So I walk in the door and I'm like, hey, Walnuts, fun, nice to finally meet you. How's the DV stuff going? The classes? You showing up to the classes? <laughs> you realize that women are for loving, not for punching. <laughs> and then uh, and then I got to know him over the course of the night and was like. Ah oh, man, he's like the sweetest motherfucker ever. Now I yeah. feel like the biggest piece of shit, which isn't different. I feel that way every day. <laughs> yeah, he's he is genuinely a, a fucking. He's a fucking he's mensch. A mensch. He's a dude. mensch. Mensch. I try to tell everybody he's just an uber mensch. Like he's the guy you have to fight to pay for the check. Yeah, he's just that guy, man. He almost he like guy. I had to force him to let me take him home. He like insisted on getting an Uber. Right. He didn't want to. He doesn't want to bother anybody. Right. Exactly. He doesn't want to bother anybody. I want to bother. Nobody. I don't want to bother <laughs> anybody. I, uh, I come home last night. We get home from the bar, walk in, sitting at the kitchen table is my son and yeah. Walnuts doing fucking spreadsheets oh, yeah? for the pizza joint. Love <laughs> because, it. Yeah. Because yeah. Ethan has all this old shit from working at like Domino's or whatever. Oh, so yeah? like he's like throwing some ideas at him for like inventory spreadsheets and stuff. And I'm like, it is Friday night, you mm. motherfuckers. You wow. are the saddest <laughs> incel motherfuckers yeah. I've ever met, dude. Jesus you could Christ. be sitting alone in a Batman cave, like making social media graphics. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's true. about the same because that's, that's my Friday night. Are you guys plotting sad. to shoot up a Curves Fitness in Albuquerque or something? What Jesus. are you doing? What that's are you so doing? specific. What does it have to be curved? I don't know. What do you I have against know. chubby girls? <laughs> hey, I loves me the biggins, dude. Thicky, dude. Every Thicky McVicky. <laughs> every now and again, you gotta slay a fatty man. Keeps you honest. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, I'll let. Don't leave that to you. Um, <laughs> dude, did you see... Okay. Tons of jerking off lately. Lots of it. Lots of jerking mm-hmm. off this week. Hands sure. and pants. Um, there's a guy, Jeffrey Tubin, that works at CNN. He's high up in the list of correspondents. Yeah. Like, he's used all the time. And did you see... On, he, he had a Zoom <laughs> meeting, and he quote-unquote forgot to turn it off. And, uh, Wait, so the, was he just making a brief appearance at the meeting and he's like, no, cool, no, no, they had a full zoom meeting, yeah. full zoom meeting. I think they took a break. They were going to do another something, meeting, something, something like, like that. that. And uh, like, Bobby, you were saying that the camera got pointed. I didn't hear about the camera getting pointed down. Someone had said that he had tried to just like, like tilt the, the laptop down kind of thing or something, <laughs> which apparently just shot it right directly at his cock. Straight yeah. up at his tubin, dude? Yeah, wow. right, right at the tubin. Right at the tubin? Um, but I guess they came. Nobody's seen the footage. I don't think the footage is ever it's going to get released. never going to see the release. Day. But um, yeah, apparently everyone came in and the guy was just... Fucking yeah, going just after himself. Well, and what were you were saying? They, they should they should have an app 
where like they throw a shake weight in your throw hand a shake instead of in your, your dick. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, like yeah, it's like a princess filter on Snapchat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Someone dude, should come up with a, an app. Dude, I'm sure there's some sort of adventure capitalist group or somebody that could start doing some of that. I want to help out the common man. I want a filter that's if anybody like walks in the background naked, whatever your kids start running in the background, it changes it to just a very apologetic Hugh Grant muddling around, being like, "I'm so <laughs> I just I left my show. <laughs> I'm so sorry." I'm, I, oh, but, the charming, and yeah. then and then coming on the heels of that, Sean, you could talk maybe talk a little bit about this later because you saw the new Borat. I did. You I watched had it last night. The Prince of Darkness, uh, Rudy the Impaler, um, <laughs> apparently putting his hands down his pants in front Ooh. of her. Now I watched. Did you guys watch the clip? Uh, well, no, I watched you it watched in the, the movie. movie. I watched Bobby, the whole did you movie. watch the actual I, clip? I seen it. So it's in typical. Sasha Baron Cohen fashion, yeah. fake interview. They they fucking pulled the wool over their eyes. They did the vid, uh, the the interview. The woman doing the interview was obviously a part of the deal, and she was actually one of the main people in the movie. Yeah, she plays his daughter, right. so she starts out really frumpy and crazy, but she follows him to America, and then he like you know Americanifies her and turns her into this like, like super hot chick because he's going to give her as well. First, they try to give her to Mike Pence, and there's actual footage from like the RNC <laughs> right as COVID was happening where. <laughs> he is wearing like perfect Trump makeup and is just running with her like <laughs> across the floor and Mike Pence in and everybody convention. stops in wow, the convention wow. and then later on yeah they, they're like well since you failed at giving him to Mike Pence you must now make her an offering to Rudolph Giuliani and so they're gonna give her to him essentially so the if you did you see the interview part beforehand? I, I did not. Part? I just saw because the part. he's creepy from like Jump this is Street what I when heard. she walks in. So, yeah. but I mean, he's usual creepy. And then the, and then she, the interview's over. She goes, "Hey, do you want to go into the bedroom to have a drink?" He didn't miss a beat. He gets up with his drink, goes into the bedroom, and then she goes, "Oh, uh, yeah, they're kind of going around," and he's doing these weird like hmm. Mm, like mm, these weird sounds. Yeah. It's really creepy. Oh, God. And, and then she goes, let me take your mic off. So she he sits down on the bed, and she's like unbuckling his pants to get his fucking unit. Like, uh, <laughs> get it? <laughs> um, no, to get the fucking mic off yeah, with the wire. Mic. And... Um, Takes it off. He and while he's doing that, she he does while she's doing that, he does that weird little like um waist tap, sort yeah, of like, right, hey honey, yeah, like yeah. the tap, tap, tap. Super inappropriate and weird. Mm -hmm. And then leans back as we all do in a full suit. Yeah. <laughs> To tuck his shirt in, quote unquote. Yeah. Which, because we all do that, right? As grown men, when Absolutely. you're in a suit, you lay down to tuck of your course. shirt in. Of course, Duh. you have to. That's what my man. Well, when told you're me. 156, and you know, and you sleep yeah. in the dirt. <laughs> we don't. We don't know how old that man is. No, no. no mm -mm. There's no documented records. No. He's nope. like a Taiwanese little leaguer. <laughs> you have no idea how old that kid is. Uh, I wish they would have showed him. There's a few <laughs> beach photos. Motherfucker doesn't have a belly button. Ooh, that's even more disturbing. Well, that's that is, yeah. He Did, was not birthed. No, nope. <laughs> was, yeah, he was created. He was created. He was conjured. Does he have a vestigial? <laughs> does he have a vestigial tail? Uh, they never show him from the back. I See, think that's on purpose. That's why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why. But he he reaches down his pants with both hands. Both hands. And yeah. it's not the tuck where you're tucking. They're in there. In no, there. and he lets out like a. <clears throat> And then there's a beat, there's another beat, and that's when Sasha Borat, comes, uh, Borat in. comes in and fucking breaks she it up. She only 15, no! But they, oh, I wow. heard an interesting theory about this, because my first thought, like we were talking about yesterday, was, God, I wish they would have just let it go a little further to be a little bit more incriminating. There, And I'm and um, hearing somebody else's like possible opinion about it was, they might not have been able to use it if it was that incriminating. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th dude, that's... 
what the fuck is happening? Not that that, ma- <laughs> not that, that matters. Giuliani just tried to throw uh, fucking Biden's kid under the bus unsuccessfully. So, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have a great track record. Well, and yeah, he's he's part of a pretty notorious crew when it comes to yeah. uh, sexual assault. Gang, yeah. gang. Uh, yeah. Gang, gang. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the movie was super timely. <laughs> the movie was super timely. It has everything to do with the election and it, has, it shows a bunch of stuff from COVID happening, which is like the first big thing I think we've seen that actually has footage of like like a real COVID era comedy, which is some interesting bits in there. Like it's the same kind of uncomfortable comedy where he's making people show you how terrible they really are by agreeing with their terrible shit or being worse than them. Right. You know, but it was fun. A couple of the things, uh, takeaways that I've, that I've heard from it. It's interesting. People are confused to say that they're making fun of Borat and at the whole time he's making fun of Americans. That's the whole point of it. It's it's showing us in a mirror. Um, so people that are confused, like we're laughing at that character. That's not what we're laughing at. Yeah. Fucking Jethro. Um, and then a second thing that I thought was really, really interesting was the fact that don't you wish we had journalism like this on the left? Where we would just go in and roast, the, like pay these guys millions of dollars to set up a fake news team, get them credentials, and <laughs> roast them. It would be so effective. CNN might be left leaning, but they're definitely corporatists. Oh, yeah. There's very few true leftists, like uh, bordering socialist journalists. That you can will watch go the Young Turks hard. and shit. Yeah, but they're not. They're only doing it one step behind. You no, know I because nobody's giving them interviews because they don't want to get roasted. Yeah. So guys like David Pakman or guys, they're not going to get interviews because they know they're going to get worked. It'd be great to set up like a covert team <laughs> of leftist journalists that nobody knows to go in and just like, oh, Pence, you want to come in for a interview mm-hmm. and just torch the it's, fucking guys because right. they're there to be had. That's what made had. fucking Rudy Giuliani so funny. All you got to do is just roll the camera and let that idiot go. Well, yeah, because he was. It looked like he had a little bit of a buzz on maybe he wasn't hey. really taking this seriously because she she was very unprofessional she just looked really nice but she's like this is my first big interview and all this <laughs> stuff so and she and she Perfect. initiated all of it yeah she really was touching his leg before uh, he doesn't start getting creepy until the third time she like squeezes his thigh like she's wanting to see how much she could get out of him so what you're saying is she deserved it Sean no I'm not saying she deserved it <laughs> no well and that's not how it's spun if you watch no, the I clip just, she, at no point does she seem like she She's not into it or crying foul. She's upset because she's like, no, I must give myself to him so you can, we can make glorious nation of Kazakhstan glorious again. (laughs) It's so creeperoo. And it's not going to, what are we guys? We're two weeks away. Yeah. Let's 12 yep. days. 12, 12 days? days. Well, 12 days. And then we'll really know in about three 19. weeks. Yeah. Four yeah. Weeks, by probably. all, by all account, but we're all bearing down on we it. Are. We're, we're looking for the next fucking tuber. And who are we? Who are we? I don't know, Bobby. Tell the, tell these fine. Well, we're the whiskey reel. Good job. And that's what I call it. The whiskey reel is what it's called. <laughs> the riskiest it's of the wheels. Risky of, I don't know what that is. Of wheels. Uh, <laughs> I know what he said. I know what Bobby said. Don't know what you said. Well, that's because you're high as fucking balls, dude. <laughs> Always. Pretty Always, bro. Um, I'm going to introduce the gentleman sitting across from me. Because I don't always get to introduce you. You don't get to always introduce My oh, big true. old chuddy buddy, Aww. Mr. Sean Moe. Thanks, yeah, man. It's good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you, too. Nice. And to my right is yes. recent 48-year-old. Yes. Eden Antonio Ebrandes. Yes, sir. He is too sexy. No. Foot in the grave, foot on a banana peel, brother. That's how we roll. (laughs) (laughs) To my right is uh, the tired, but not forlorn. Not forlorn. His testosterone is peaked. 
he's what? feeling good. <laughs> he has uh, PBR seltzer uh, acid reflux as we oh, speak. Oh, God. Dude, he got stabbed in the gut by a stronger <laughs> seltzer by past Blue Ribbon. And this drink we're drinking ain't going to make it any better, brother. He'll tell no, you to my right is uh, the pride of Tallahassee. One Mr. Bob with fan noise, y'all. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi. And, so uh, tell us a story, Bobby, about how this spirit we're going to review today came to be. Friend of the podcast. He has been on one time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Episode 100, he called in and yes, had a sir. chat with us. Dana! No! Mr. Dana. Dana! Uh, he, he delivers a lot of beer and booze here in town. Um, booze fairy. He is kind of the booze fairy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's a peach. He uh, might be our first fan. Yep. He, um, is, he lives on the front range, right? Yes. Yeah. He is our A number one fan. He will always get that moniker as, as long as he chooses to have it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he reached out to the real. I think he actually reached out to Brandera's first. Yeah, and I was busy uh, doing shit, but he, but but luckily he connected with uh, Bobbeth over here to, yeah. to give us this fine bottle, fine mm-hmm. bottle of spirits. Yes, sir. Uh, this is High West Double Rye. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and it should be said he's a liquor rep, but he did not gave us a free bottle. No. He walked into Star Liquor, went up to the counter and bought this for now, us. Now granted, he's wow. a peach. He's a shill, so this is Republic product. It is. Because they're all it shills. It goes on the card. <laughs> yeah. It goes on the card. Yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a half-hearted gesture, but a gesture nonetheless. <laughs> dana, dana. <laughs> you got to learn how to barter with those folks, man. You can get a good dick sucking out of him oh. if you just barter a little I'm bit. I'm not 100% sure I'm interested. Really? Yeah. A hole's a hole, dude, Bobby. Don't act like you discriminate. Wow. All you got to do is throw a bourbon in your well, and you've got all the butt pussy you need. Oh, yeah. hole is a hole. <laughs> Says, a hole is a so hole. Say a hole. A hole. So saith so the chud. A hole is a hole. Uh, I've, yeah, I'm going to do a version of the Mr. Ed song that's about a hole is a hole, and I'm going to put it on the podcast. I believe, <laughs> I believe William Blake wrote that first. Yeah. Um, a hole is a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought Absolutely. it was Mark Twain. So yeah, what are you guys... It's uh, Twain-ish. What are you guys tasting? Uh, this has been pretty diluted so by this So this is point. the High West Whiskey out of Utah Double Rye. This this is kind of their crown jewel, yeah. from what I understand, from High West Whiskey. It's out of Park City. You know, all them skiing Mormons. Woo! Making babies and skiing. And Robert Redford. And Robert Redford. Um, who, uh, by the way, his son just passed away. I know. That's also up. an actor. It's terrible. Boy, that must talk about, uh, as parents, uh, it, anytime I read something right? like that, I'm like... Okay, I'm dead now. That's nice. Well, dude, my um, mom always said, she's like, the scariest thing to me ever is one of you guys dying before me. Like, your kids die before you, it's the worst thing in the unless world. Unless you choke them out and see the life leave their eyes. Well, then they and deserve then it. Fine. Clearly. Sure. <laughs> uh, but this Bart is Bart Simpson is it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Double Rye out of Utawa. This is one of, those, one of those bourbons that I wish they would change up the packaging a little bit because it looks very kind of... Unlikable. They all look the well. No, they all and look they the all same look too. The same outside of the bottom where it's written what it is. Right. You're exactly right. Sean. Yeah, they, they have all a look the same. Slight color variation in the right. background of the graphic on the bottle. But like, I remember people like this was the we had three or four of these at Steamworks when I would bartend there, and someone would order one of the High West, and I had to stand there for an extra couple beats well, just to yeah, see what the fuck I was. Let me let me break in. I'm going to break in and call old Care Bear here to see if she can get any. Uh, let's give some props to the distiller over here and see if she can dig some up. Um, hey, Carol, how are you? Doing pretty all right. How are you boys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Great. Thank you, dear. Um, I got one quick question. We're doing the High West Distillers Double Rye. And I was wondering, maybe instead of telling us about the the bourbon, you can tell us a little bit about the distiller. Yes, here. Let me find something. Ah, here we are. 
High West is Utah's first legal distillery since 1870 and the world's only ski-in gastro distillery. If you find yourself in Old Town Park City, please stop or ski by to visit us. We'd love to share our passions with you. The American West, our contemporary Western Vittles, American Roots music, and of course, pairing all the above with our greatest passion. Superb with, I, I don't know what's happening, boy. Something happened to my boy. I know, I started to notice you're getting a little, uh, getting a little down, <laughs> down home. In, you turned into fucking Cousin Bobby real quick. Hold on. <laughs> I just smelled a soiled Brett Favre jersey and that woke me back out of it. <laughs> Oh, Carol drops a zinger every once in a while. Zingers. Thanks, Carol. We appreciate that. Thanks, Care Bear. That's awesome. Thanks, Care Bear. Yeah, uh, what are you guys getting out of this? There's a lot going well, on here. Yeah. It's super sweet, but okay, so that's the double rye, and the, the rye really comes through in the background. I feel like the sweetness isn't as balanced with the, that kind of spice as it could be. I'd yeah. like it to be a little less sweet, but I like what they're trying to do with the balance of that. I see they're trying to right. counteract like the, the spice. The double rye thing is a little misleading. I think is it? you assume like this has double the rye. But it doesn't. This is two. It's a blend. Um, oh, it's two different rides. It's two different oh, rye okay. whiskeys. So essentially, you're getting the same. I don't know. You know, whatever the mash bill is. But Everybody names their shit whatever they want these days. I wasn't yeah. sure if well, there was such a thing. <laughs> one being an older rye and one being a younger rye. Yeah, one but being, both, I think, at least a couple of years. Yes. Yeah. It's a two-age minimum age statement yeah. um, on both of those ryes. So technically, you could have called the bourbon if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, right. But they're going with whiskey because mm-hmm. they're Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Go on, get I, don't know, I, don't, I mean, I'm assuming there's got to be a, a pretty high level of corn in it because with the, the sweetness, sweetness, the sweetness in the mouthfeel reeks of corn. Sweetness. Yeah, I don't think it's sweetness. oversweet though. It's not. But you know what it makes me think of? Every time I take a sip, I just think anybody in here don't want their gut sucked out their dick hole. <laughs> Better clear on out the back. This would be the perfect whiskey for that moment in <laughs> your life. Oh my God. Some of you know who I am. What I do and who I've done it to. <laughs> oh, Dusty Bottoms. Uh, Dusty, I think Dusty we, t- Bottoms. we told the original story of Dusty Bottoms also on episode 100. This is true. Yeah. This yeah. is true. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's very sippable. We're doing it over rocks. Um, mm-hmm. I, pref- I t- typically I pref- prefer to dilute yeah. it a little bit. Um, it, it comes in at 92%. It doesn't read hot or high-toned or it's super of the angular. I think. But there's some heavy barreling on this. Yes. And like Bobby said, I think this has got a lot more corn in it than the double rye would allude to. That, yeah, right. Um, because there's you t- uh, the front of your tongue picks up sugar. It's where your mouth works, y'all. That's how um, your mouth works. But on the finish, man, it just finishes like maple syrup. Not in a bad way. It's not cloying. It's just very sweet on the backside. It I does wouldn't want to mix this. Because I'm thinking in my head, I was like, gee, I wonder how this would taste with like ginger ale or Coke. And I'm like, oh, no if, way. I, I think I'd make a nice Sazz with it, though. You know uh, Sazerac Sazerac just because it's like super dry cocktail. It, it, it would have to absinthe, bring it out. The, the absinthe, absinthe would, gonna, would pop it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it would give it some lift for I sure. Think it's, but it's a lovely ride, man. Yeah. I'd say no put no. it on a big rock with a splash of water. Yeah. That's the best way to have this. It's I would, I'm would. i glad I didn't have any of it neat because I feel like it would have been way too sweet. Yeah. It's a good one. Even if you did this in soda I think would work yeah um, it would it, but I, I really I'm enjoying how round and kind of voluptuous it is right it's very big and it's round. the Salma Hayek of whiskey y'all god damn can that, I can't recall it, but I think they're in that $40 range is yeah, they are, they are, I that. think this is low 40s ish yeah. um, but thank you so much Dana yeah, Dana 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 they were all bad <laughs> but it, it was definitely a, a baller pick. I appreciate it. Uh, it's good sipping, sipping. 
thank you for shilling this to us and <laughs> oh, for silly. and for resisting because we know Bobby tried to get you to suck his dick. <laughs> I could tell when I said it to him that it actually happened already. When you, you looked you in his the eyes, sh- you could shame. see it. I could see the shame on my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got flushed. It was like you had a nice, niacin burn going on over there. I couldn't maintain eye contact with you. <laughs> no, nope. never mm-hmm. can. You just looked right at your How's shoes. How's a man supposed to come with eye contact? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are we, savages? Just don't um, turn around. Just, <laughs> God forbid. Don't, don't, don't like lovingly look back. You stop really looking at it. You look at it. You look at them looking at it. <laughs> so, Sean, yes. on your extravaganza of horror. Speaking of Salma Hayek, so uh, so I watched. I'd always heard my buddy Bustos uh, had. I think he had all three of the uh, from Dust Till Dawn trilogy, the early three movies, because sure. they were like five dollars at Tower or something. And he was like, "Dude, the second one that had Robert Patrick in it was horrible." So I've never even seen that one. But the third one, The Hangman's Daughter, stars Michael Parks, who's a fucking American. Yeah treasure and I love Michael Parks and it is pretty cheesy they don't have as much money but the story was actually decent and what I didn't realize was happening in that is that the story the hangman's daughter is essentially like the origin story of satanico pentamonio fucking Salma Hayek's hot ass character mm-hmm. and I was like holy shit I didn't know I wanted to know the history behind why she gave me a boner <laughs> I, boner history. <laughs> boner history. Were, was there a mystery about that? There is no mystery. I thought about it was that, just sir. that she was hot. I didn't realize that. Sama Hayek was put on this earth to create boners. <laughs> yes. Dude, there's hot. There's like, oh, that girl's really hot. And then there's that. And then there's that yeah. creature. That that's a thing. And she's hilarious. Yeah, that's like the fucking. And she's like also a, d- a delight. Like anytime you see her in an interview, anytime like she's hilarious and fun. I'm like, you're not, not fair. It's a boner baba dude. There should be a reality. The boner duke. The boner, it's the boner duke. Dude. The boner Owner, dude. They could create a reality show with her and Rosario Dawson, oh, where they just live in a house, it. and it's called "Who's the Most Fuckable." Could Eva <laughs> Mendez be in that? It's a tie. Okay, it's a tie. It's yeah, a tie. It's what? Do, but do they do events throughout the whole show? It's like today, it's ping oh, pong, yeah. and so they're gonna actually try to summon. It's like a decathlon of shit that they're doing. One is, is like we gotta make them play fucking ET on Atari because it's the worst game do ever. Do they just <laughs> sit around and make fun of Sofia Vergara? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, That's all they, they just do. all they do is just, just bust fucking her chops. bust her shit. Hey, they crank call her and they're like, hi, <laughs> is number two there? Because we're tied for number one, bitch. Click. Just talking shit about her. Have you ever met her? She doesn't even have an accent. She doesn't even have she one. She doesn't talk like that. We went to brunch the other week. That bitch was speaking perfectly. Yeah, she's no. from Chicago. Yeah. She, ta- yeah. she yeah. talks like a, yeah. Yeah. she talks like one of those awful Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> so, so you watch that it really wasn't a dumpster fire it was actually a they they were they it was very much structured like the first movie where the first half of it is a story that is not like vampire driven at all and then the last half of it is all the shit Ooh, show let me ask you a question Sean was nice enough to write out a list of what he's the watched 32 this month. movies I've watched in the first 24 days of this month Fucking because awesome. I have no life there's not a lot of clunkers here um, but I will say that's so a good on you there are some. what I'm very curious to ask you is how Katie um, I don't know. Did she watch this with you? But I'm always interested to see what people think of Exorcist 3. Yeah, she watched it. What did she think? She was like, that was better than I thought it was going to be. I honestly thought that. Because we've seen The was Heretic. It, was <laughs> it scary for her? Uh, it, it wasn't really that scary really? for her. She was like, I really wasn't. God, I didn't get scared as much as we do when we watch the first Exorcist. Um, yeah. It might have been if we were younger because there's some great performances in it. Uh, she did jump at the right part. And yeah. she <laughs> also was super creeped out by the fucking, uh, you know, Alzheimer's patients on the, the ceiling. The old lady. Old yeah. lady on the ceiling. Yeah. There's so much little tiny shit that they did in that movie. I mean, we did a whole podcast about it, which you guys will never hear because you shouldn't. Um, but we did a whole podcast about Exorcist we 3. We did two podcasts. I, exactly. We did, and that was in the days where the first episode of Exorcist 3 
was the second episode that we did with Bobby, I think. We started it. Yeah. And then the next episode is the next week where it's just me and Aaron. Aaron forgets that we're watching the Peter Blatty version and and doesn't know what's happening in the movie. He's like, where the fuck is Karis? Where, what's the fuck's going on? I was like, dude, the whole first part of the last one, <laughs> Bobby said read the transcription of what was on the screen. Oh my God, I forgot about <laughs> so that. So I had never seen that besides sitting there watching it silently with you guys and watching the Peter Blatty version. So I never saw the theatrical cut. And I gotta okay. say, I kind of dug the theatrical more. I liked the further incorporation of Karis. Uh, I liked the... So uh, I. I liked that they added an exorcism to it even though it was very brief. And it does seem like it's shoved in there because the studio head was like, it can't be called The Exorcist 3 if there ain't an exorcism. But I, yeah. so could we kind of digress for a second to yes. From Dust Till Dawn? Because I have a question for you, gentlemen. <laughs> you went all the way back. Um, from Dust Till Dawn, would you consider that horror comedy? Yes. Hmm. Sean? I don't know. It's like, more like a horror either. crime movie. I mean, it's definitely it's funny. Like a, it's a crime movie that fades into... I know. That it's like a, a Pulp a, Fiction style, not, not the movie, like the, the style of novella back in the day version, and then it goes to vampires, which makes it even more pulpy. I think. I, I, think the, I think the first half is crime thriller. I don't think there was... If it was any humor, it was very light and very... Uh, well, Michael Park. Acerbic. It gets funnier when you get to... It starts being funny as soon as Cheech Marin makes his way in the... Come on, then, pussy it, lovers! Uh, and yeah. then there's gags once every but beat or once so. Once yeah, the vampires happen, once the vampires happen, is clearly tongue in cheek. There's not a lot of horror mm-hmm. to be had. I, I would, I would kind of catalog that under fucking horror comedy if I had to pigeonhole right. it. Even though it's genre jumping all the way through. Yeah, if you pigeonhole sure. that movie, you could just say it's a grindhouse movie. It's a movie that yeah. was exploitative, kind of on yeah, purpose. Although that, the first half is more well written than a lot of that stuff. No, I just bring it up because horror comedy is really one of my oh, dude, I love favorite. Like Shaun of okay. the Dead. So what would be Fuck. what would what would you consider then the first horror comedy? The first horror the comedy. First, that's tough. I mean, someone would say like Laurel and Hardy meet Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. or something. You yeah, know but what I mean? no, but, tr- but like in, in modern, my, in, modern yeah. era, like what we'd consider like real horror. Like, I mean, well, I think the first one I saw as a kid that I would consider horror comedy would be um, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, Absolutely. that's definitely that's a Landis comedy that happens to have all that great effects by Robert Kurtz. Robert Kurtzman did that. Shit, yeah, right? and, and it was it was frightening too. There was points Oscar when winning. I watched that when I watched that as a kid. That wasn't just a, a horror comedy like Dust Till Dawn. I was genuinely scared watching Werewolf in London. Yeah, yeah, that was scary to me as a kid. Like there were some moments There's the, when the they're scene in the bog. Yeah, and it, it was frightening oh, that's to frightening. me. Yeah. Uh, the subway scene. Oh my god! Down in the tube. I'm sorry, Ooh. I misspoke. Jesus Christ! Not Robert Kurtzman. Yeah, it was Rick Baker. Rick, Rick Baker. Baker. Rick Baker. I didn't want to. Baker, Savini, Kurtzman are on the R- Mount Rushmore That's the of Mount horror Rushmore effects. For yeah. sure. Sometimes I mix up the two. Um, yeah, the scene in the tube when they're it's you can't see the creature, oh but it's the god. point of view of that guy yes. trying to run away through the. It's one of the scariest fucking. And you scenes. saw yeah. silhouettes of shit. And, and then at talking. the end, yeah. you just see the silhouette of yeah. that, that fair-looking motherfucker coming Ugh. after him. It's a scary yeah. well, scene. And that's the thing but is a that hilarious movie. And yeah. that's the any great. There's so many horror comedies that are just comedic the whole way through. The best ones though walk that line where they can scare the shit out of you one moment, yeah. and then they can actually make you laugh the next moment and go back and forth because it's not an easy emotion to no. pull people in and out of and back and forth. It's not like a game. Shaun of, of the Dead does a beautiful job. Oh, yeah. of mixing comedy and kind of like some high drama. Even and some like heartfelt, moments. yeah, family yeah. drama. Heartfelt then it, family drama. Then, then the next thing you know, you're laughing your ass off again. But it's the goriest scene you've ever yeah. seen. The, it, yeah. the thing with Shaun of the Dead, where I don't really, I think I, that's an that's a great question, only because Shaun of the Dead for me is a, a comedy movie with a little bit of gore. What I like when I think of comedy horror, like Evil Dead Two. Sure. Like 
truly yeah. frightening, truly funny. Evil it's Dead It's able two, to do like both. Evil like, Evil Dead Two was funny, but it is not. Is Army we, of Darkness after Army of Darkness? We view in our heads. I think we just think Evil Dead Two is funnier than it is because it's pretty fucking horrifying in yeah. a lot of parts. And then there's really funny parts like when he's dancing around in the fucking. Um, it just has a lot of really with the right, lamp right, and right, the, right, right. Great the deers gags. freaking out on the wall. Great gags. gags. Great gags. But it is trying to fucking gross you out and scare you more than it's trying to make you laugh for sure. But the scare is what I'm I'm talking about. It's hard to be scary. It's easy to gross you out and be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's harder to like genuinely have frightening moments and be funny at the same time. That's sure. a very difficult That's thing. That's a to tough do. one. It's a and very I don't think difficult. It, I don't know how many times. I mean American Werewolf probably it's the best. I yeah, mean, one of them, Cabin in the Woods. You know, I thought Cabin, in the, Cabin in the Woods, phenomenal job doing that. And when I ask people about Cabin in the Woods, because on in my opinion, I'm like Cabin in the Woods was like a game changer, meta, I fucking agree. amazing. And I tell people, they're like, "What? Oh no, was that the one with like Thor before he was Thor?" And I was like, mm. "I will fucking I'll kill, kill you. you. I'll kill like, you." This movie is like trans, and they're like, "I don't like horror movies." I'm like, "Doesn't fucking matter. That doesn't like. Do you understand horror movie tropes? Like, do you get yeah. slashers and like monsters?" And they're like, "Well, yeah." And I'm like, "You'll fucking think it's hilarious. It's a deconstruction of all of that. It is of everything." Yeah. Thing. It literally touched on all the Everything. tropes, every sim- symbolic thing you've ever seen in a fucking mm-hmm. horror movie. Oh, and who are they? Bradley, um, what's oh, his uh, name? Yeah, 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 two, yeah. Those two oh, yeah. are Phenomenal. so off the charts. Rich, Richard, what's movie, his man. name? And Bradley, what's God, his Richard, name? Yeah, Bradley. <laughs> when, when, Sorkin, Sorkin Yeah, the boy. Sorkin dude. Yeah. Sorkin yeah. kid. They're both Super Sorkin boys. <laughs> yeah, Sorkin dude. Uh, yeah. But Hold hey. on. Yeah. Carol, who are who is the uh, bald guy with the glasses and the dude that was in the West Wing from Cabin in the Woods? All right, checking now, boys. That's Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins. Oh, fucking Jenkins. That and was Whitford it. was one of the best parts of Billy Madison, the ones that there were. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot he was in that. <laughs> he was the shit. bad guy. I'm sure yeah. he forgot he was in it. Oh, he That's tries. for sure. Tries He's the one that weird. had weird-looking balls. Yes. <laughs> whereas, Richard weird Jen- balls, man. whereas Richard Jenkins just Is made Step Brothers yeah. as fucking funnier than it would have been mm-hmm. when yeah. he's talking how he just wanted to grow up to be a t-rex right he wanted to grow up to be a dinosaur and he needs to find him. i love that movie fuck off i don't care what i, anybody I have so much this but that's another but I, I don't care if we're talking another horror comedy <laughs> another funny horror movie on this yeah. list that i just watched two nights ago was uh reanimator Ooh. and i'd never seen the first oh, reanimator sicky i saw the 2003 one i think on showtime at like two in the morning after the bars one night or something and the i was bride. like this is fun no not bride no i saw the 2003 one uh which is beyond reanimator yeah. Oh, the prison one? Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which yes. I liked. I really enjoyed the yeah. prison one. No, it was, it was cool. Yeah. So, it was cool, but I'd never seen the original, so I didn't really have a frame of reference. And I didn't like read. I'm not a Lovecraft nerd or anything, so I didn't read any well, of... They, they call it a Lovecraft. They call H.P. Lovecraft's reanimator. Yeah. Uh, it's very loosely mm. based on a short story he wrote that was in a pulp-like mm. magazine exactly. in right. like six parts or so. Well, and I hope you enjoyed it because that, as children, I know Bobby and I have talked about reanimator several times. Again, I go back to the scare factor. Yeah. I was never scared as a kid watching reanimator, no. but I laughed my dick off. Yes. Yeah. It was the most absurdist. Yeah. Has anything come along like before then that was that outlandish? I, it, yeah, I can't really think of anything. Well, that's that eighty five, right? Yeah, that's eighty five. So if you can think like, of something from the seventies, well, so weird things like blood sucking freaks, but they were B yeah, movies that didn't try, take yeah, themselves seriously. They were trying seriously. to take themselves seriously. They were trying to take themselves yeah. seriously. Like Reanimator was like Roger Corman meets fucking John Carpenter. You know, like John I, Carpenter. Like it was the weirdest. And I'm not sure if this is actually true, but I feel like Stuart Gordon, the guy that directed Reanimator, kind of even came from that family of filmmakers. Mm. He came out of well, that crew. Apparently, he apparently uh, Gordon. Gordon was a theater guy, a subversive oh, yeah. theater guy. For sure. Mm. From, Min- from, uh, from Minnesota. Right. Or uh, right. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. 
Now, he's a Wisconsinite. Is that what they're called? And he was a theater kid. And he used to do, like, subversive theater and had been arrested for it and shit. So I think that's why Reanimator is so theatrical and mm. over the top. It Very is. over the top. Well, Jeffrey could, Combs especially. And oh, he's so dude, good. Dude, the, the, I love the effects, too. How rudimentary. It was rudimentary, but the way that they had Hill, Dr. Hill, holding his own head and oh my cleverly God. figuring it out. And how I was like, wait, his vocal, wait, his vocal cords are fucked up. And he is playing it like his vocal cords are fucked God damn it. I can't find a hole in this fucking thing. No. Um, but when he is like lowering his own head in between her legs. Oh, my God. Towards that epic 1985 Bush of hers. By the way, could that thing look mm-hmm. like? It's phenomenal. Holy shit, dude. That thing looked like a Brillo pad that was, was just awesome. sitting on grandma's sink for five years. And if you're scared of that, if you're scared of that, you're just a little boy. Yeah. And you need to take a back No, seat. it was hilarious, but it was really uncomfortable. I was like, Jesus Christ, well, that's fucking horrifying. And, it was, and it's funny because during that scene, like, like it, it, I'm sure I, I would hope everybody's seen that movie, but if not, there's so much cheesy, awesome practical effects. Yeah. It, it's you're laughing and interested at the same time. The acting is way over the top, but done well for being over the top. The story is stupid and ridiculous, and you cannot have a better time. It's a carnival Absolutely. ride. That's all it yeah, is. Herbert West is so like he is. He's like a little creepy, so you understand why most of the other characters think yeah. he's creepy. But at the same time, he pretty much holds it together and like is super convincing that he's just like so determined that none of this crazy shit happening is going to stop him from continuing Absolutely. and it's just so funny how calm he stays but like freaks out certain parts but then stays calm when it's totally inappropriate Absolutely, <laughs> it's so fucking good and then he was in the Frighteners he's one of the best parts of the Frighteners yes. he's been in, and he became sort of this foil for other movies where they were like put the reanimator guy in it he's hilarious and yes. they put him in that character sort of a character but most of the time more elevated version of that character absolutely always a quirky you yes. know kind of goofed off the greasy hair to the side. Yeah, exactly. Great. I love Jeffrey Combs. He's fantastic. Jeffrey Combs is a delight. He and it he was so good in this because it's so hard to be in such a ridiculous movie mm-hmm. as an actor and still buy in 100%. He was engaged every moment of time he's on the screen. True. He was in the fucking scene. He was doing his shit and he had some of the best one-line zingers in any horror movie ever in <laughs> Reanimator. True. It clearly didn't take itself seriously. What did, did Katie see with you? Uh, yeah, no, she passed out ah. on the couch. She, yeah, it yeah. was her day off and she's like, I'm going to take a nap and she kind of passed Women out. Women typically hate that movie. Right. Well, For it's, obvious you know, reasons. It, yeah. It's gratuitous and I'm being nice. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, there's a lot of male energy. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. in Stuart that Gordon had some sexual stuff that I think he so. needed to yeah. work out. Yeah. Because we bounced from that. Did you ever see From Beyond? No, I've never seen From Beyond. Uh, John. I, I think it's my favorite Stuart Gordon. Me too. All right, Me fuckers. Too. I'll write this on 100%. this new list. Only because, like, whereas Reanimator was tongue-in-cheek and one-liners and zingy and um, was a little bit less refined, he made From Beyond another Lovecraft adaptation, which had nothing to do with Lovecraft outside right. of, like, the pre-credit scene. And then the story ended, and then they just made up the rest. Yep. But... It was better effects, mm-hmm. better acted. I think it was well intended. I yeah. thought it was, they took themselves seriously within the story, mm-hmm. even though it was dumb and absurd and silly. It, it's a different, it's, it, it's like he took Reanimator and then got better. 
Yeah. And you could okay. see the evolution of the filmmaking, even though it's so stupid. It's about a, th- it's about a, what's a, what's the thing called? The tuner. It's about a machine a guy creates. Yeah, and it's like, a, the, it, it, it's like a resonator. Resonator. Yeah. The oh, okay. resonator. Yeah. And it was a bunch of like tuning forks that tapped you into a different <laughs> dimension. So when this gets turned on, you see interdimensional creatures that you would never see before. Oh, and shit. then they can see you. Right. Are you telling me that hippie it's, girl in high school that was telling me I could yes. tune into interdimensional yes. vibrations yes. was actually on point yes. well Sunflower and she's talking about right. she's talking about the third eye essentially which is what they're so the third eye pineal gland, right? is the pineal gland yes yeah. and so this resonator starts to create physical changes and enlarging the pineal gland which is also also attributed to sexuality yes and sex drive <laughs> so so it starts to get in some really weird areas so you're saying he put some more male energy into you the next have project no idea <laughs> some female energy too though because Barbara Crampton hey. in that film becomes this who is so dominatrix hot. dude it. she was hot it's I was amazing. glad I was like man I got to just see her boobs a little bit in the beginning I was Which, like come on I heard there was more and then of course I was horrified at what happened to her little Brillo pad later in the movie but then I didn't realize I'm watching i'm like the face is so fucking familiar i had just watched your next she's the fucking mom from yeah. your next she hasn't done and a she's lot of mo- hot still dude she's done some dumb teen 80s movies like in her career yeah she did but like in this she starts off as a school mom moves into like a mad scientist becomes a dominatrix like they gave her a bunch of range in this it's awesome yeah it's awesome dude man. it's fucking sean i'm telling you if you like Re-Animator, this is not a d snyder movie is what you're saying no, dude. you're oh, sure it's also not. we haven't mentioned genre treasure Ken Fareed oh Fareed oh shit who okay. most people will understand is the black guy in Dawn of the yes, Dead that's mm-hmm. basically how you're yeah, gonna get with that the guy with the crazy eyes the original Dawn of the Dead guy. the original Dawn of the Dead right, the right, original right. Dawn of the Dead yeah. right 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 and but he's, he's so fantastic he plays yeah. like a bodyguard security guy in it and he's the voice of reason throughout the fucking thing but it's like there's so much weird sexual energy great practical effects and I'm not I'm not saying that just cause there's some literally great practical effects in there that yeah. aren't like trend setting, but they were earnest yeah. and done well. Well, and that's it was the like best the, part of the '80s is they yeah. were. It was like the Wild West of like, or the new like Hollywood of like. Let's see, we had these guys competing to see who could do the craziest shit. I mean, in the Freddy movies and the Jason, like those slasher movies alone, just coming up with a how do we kill this guy in a different way than we did in the last 150 fucking times. Yeah, right. And just watching that shit, like, and, but those guys took it to a different level because it was constant. It wasn't like there's a hand full of these scenes the whole movie is a lot of that stuff so is it the same with from beyond 100 where it's a lot of effects like it's like a daunting you're like holy fuck i mean it grows like like that's how i felt about the yeah. animator i mean obviously the third act is a little more effects laden, <laughs> effects laden. there's some errors man. all right oh, from yeah. beyond is on the list boys i'm gonna but, watch yeah, that but, tonight but probably. because of Stuart gordon comes all these post lovecraftian movies like uh like the the color of space mm. and comes like the even though it's is that the Nicolas Cage movie, dude, yeah. yeah, the lighting in From Beyond, and you'll see what I mean when you see it. It, 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 you can see other people taking the style of it. Yeah, um, it's really cool. Well, Stuart Gordon it, likes that hard, hard, vibrant light, and that's what I right. dig about. And a then lot he, of he, he unleashed Brian Usen on the world, who yeah. went on to do a lot of genre films. He did all the rest of the, like we said, the 
uh, reanimator stuff. Uh, he did a movie called Society. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you guys have seen yeah, Society. Society. No, is that the one where, uh, if, dude, is that the Oh, my God. Where I, the rich yeah, people in the neighborhood yes. are sacrificing the, yes. yeah. But they I all remember, end up a big pile of flesh just fucking and uh, eating great. each other. It's, it's insane. I think it's I remember awesome. being in the video store with my grandmother and she saw the front cover of the VHS and she was like, how can they put that shit right in front on of kids? The, right in front, and it's just like a bunch of these faces and like what almost looks like a, like a soup on a body or something. Yeah. It's so awkward and horrifying. No, and there's like a face coming out of some dude's ass. Yeah. Yes, yeah, dude, it's, it's, crazy. it's fucking amazing. It sounds yeah. like every Friday night for the last six months. All it's right. basically what that so, is. So yeah, so if you guys aren't out there watching horror movies, you're fucking up. You've got this last week. We if you gotta watch Halloween on Halloween. That's what we that's the tradition I never break. I watch the original John Carpenter Halloween on Halloween. And then we're gonna watch the 2018 and one. Don't after watch two. the dumpster fire one by Mr. Zombie. Yes. Don't watch it. Don't waste your time. Watch the OG Always 77. Choose. While some people Always. enjoy that one slightly. Yeah. Just watch the other one anyway. It's not. It's not. <laughs> watch very the good. real one. It's not very good. Uh, but that being said, uh, enjoy your horror as you can get it. We're we're approaching November third, which might be our new Halloween day. I'm going to be uh, posting uh, that I that I want to change the 31st to November 3rd, which is Election Day. That's our new Halloween. Um, you just want to um, show up at the polls dressed as Leatherface to get smoked. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. You better do the dance, dude. As soon as you fucking vote, you got to do the fucking Leatherface dance. But do it like the chick does it in the second movie where you can tell it's way too heavy for her. And there's, she has no business trying to dance around with that thing. Remember? <laughs> It's like Jason goes to hell. There's a scene where he tips over a fucking spider monkey bar set and he loses his balance because it's too heavy for him. And he's oh, supposed yeah. to be this supernatural. Uh, Jason so goes to hell is so intriguing. So it's not. It's so intriguing. It's well, Aaron was telling me that that movie was basically like, all right, so we want to have Freddy's glove grab his thing. And then they worked backwards from that. Like they just, that's, yeah. when, that's when Friday the 13th went from Paramount to New Line. Yes. And New Line grabbed it. Uh, after Paramount was ashamed of it after making money for them for seven movies right. and basically the guy who created uh, Friday the 13th um, this guy Cunningham he let his son's best friend direct it who had never done anything but other than be a PA <laughs> so he is the director of, of Jason Goes to Hell oh, that explains and, you, and then and then Jason makes an appearance for 15 minutes in the entire movie yeah he's because in that it. one he changes souls that's right he turns into a yeah. rat rat weasel uh, slug yeah. I was old that, enough to remember that one a, being like marketed and being in the, the theaters it's the worst thing ever they threw a shitload of money marketing that Fucking movie though I heard radio yeah. ads three times a day for that shit all, all they were doing was buying time until they can make uh, Freddy versus Jason happen and that's all that, that that they did, and then they fucked that. Well, up. they borrowed so much from so many movies for that. I mean, you're right. Like, it's not a Friday the Thirteenth. It film has in nothing any to do with any it, of the history of Friday. No, right. it doesn't. Absolutely, yeah. um, it borrows heavily from the Hidden. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember the I Hidden the from hidden. like '87 yeah. with Kyle MacLachlan, yeah. where the giant worm. It's even the worm going the worm. into your yeah. mouth thing, yeah. and you know that it, it passes along from you know body to body there's a necromonicon in the fucking thing with the with the dagger from evil dead 2 Absolutely. and shit oh, that's like, right because the they were going to lead up to Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, versus Ash which when I tell people that they're like that's insane I'm like I know but they've been told, telling us about it in magazines since before the internet was around even yeah. that that was going to be well, the next they were trying to create a Jason. cinematic universe they were yeah. they were early on and that the big trifecta the holy trilogy would be Michael Myers Jason Freddy that would of be dope. as kids we all argued about who would win just do an uh, end game version throw them all in 
there. I want fucking Chucky. I want the clown from Terrifier. I want dope. fucking everything. No. Fuck Pennywise. Fucking clown. the Terrifier clown. The funny thing is, is I, everybody else oh, should be scared of the comedy? Terrifier clown. Is that a horror comedy? Terrifier. That's, a, that's an interesting question. It's a horror black comedy because it's only funny if you're really fucked up like we are. It's not that funny to. I other think it's funny when think. the dumb hot chick gets dosed. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. it's hilarious. <laughs> um, we. Barely scraped together a sponsor this week. Um, it was touch and go. We didn't know if we'd have one. Luckily, uh, our marketing department came in at the last minute. Uh, we found these guys. Um, we're not 100% about them. We're not going to back them 100%, but we will clearly cash their checks in uh, grand whiskey reel tradition. They're not giving us checks. They only pay us in Bitcoin. That's fine. Yep. It's all crypto. It's all crypto, homie. <laughs> it's like it's some fucked off crypto too. Yeah, it's not it's even like Bitcoin. dog coin or something. Yeah, it's something yes. really strange. Yeah. Uh, it's mad ducats. Mad ducats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a Z. Yeah, with a Z. It's, I heard Top That's coming out with their own cryptocurrency. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah. They should. What's yeah. it going to be Clam called? Coin. <laughs> it's brand new. Uh, I saw their ad. The I saw their ad in the Daily Stormer <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Oddly enough, one one clan coin equals four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> We don't know how that happens or why they made that math work, but it's true. Are you a struggling entrepreneur trying to navigate the Trump COVID era? Well, at our independently funded ad hoc think tank, Pape and Rillage Partners, we are currently entertaining proposals for your next big thing. Recent benefactors include dubious startups like Cockblock, a Zoom meeting filter for chronic masturbators that puts a shake weight, a bottle of kombucha, or a live cobra in your hand instead of your dick. Or, if you're a young woman interviewing a former mayor of New York and he sticks his greasy talons down his pants, we recently funded No Feratu, the most highly effective undead predator repellent on the market today. Or our most successful startup to date, Abuela Text, the first geolocation app that reunites recently caged children with their closest surviving relatives. So if you have the next biggest idea, share it with us. Because as we all know, no one has been hurt worse by this pandemic than billionaire venture capitalists. Pape and Rillage Partners, making your ideas our ideas since fall 2020. <sighs> How is that? How's tastes that like fucking... a vo- <laughs> Honestly, you want to know, it tastes like a vodka Sprite. Gross. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Straight up, like, like a vodka just Sprite. Taste. Let me taste it. Me that by taste. the way, this is Stronger Seltzer by the Aroma Pathologist. The maker, uh, by, by the makers of Blue Ribbon. Hipster Fire. Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tastes like my vagina itches after getting off my fixie bike. That's weird. It's pretty much what it tastes like. Your single speed f- uh, penny farthing. <laughs> In words of Homer Simpson about hipsters, I heard this is from a later episode, and I'm going to use this quote from now on. He goes, I've come around on hipsters. Takes a lot of guts for, for all of them to wear the same hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fedora life. Fedora life. So if you guys want to contact us, leave us a voicemail. You can call or text 970-426-5344. Come again, sir. 970-426-5344. Once again, you can leave a voicemail or text us there if you have something to suggest, a song, a movie, a TV show, an internet video, uh, a personal experience of how you took a shit in front of Top That on the sidewalk. Uh, that would be great <laughs> wow. if you if you told us that. that was weird. But on the sidewalk, not on their property, just on the sidewalk. Um, 
or you can hit us up <laughs> via email at whiskeyreal at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram at whiskeyreal. So, boy, we didn't have a voicemail this week, so we did get a piece of feedback from a listener named Nick. We all know Nick. Oh, yeah. We'll say Nick F. Mr. F. <laughs> He's a Louisiana boy. Yes. Yeah, so Nick sent in this message. Monroe. And, the me- and we, I was... Uh, Monroe. He kind of just hits the ground running with a lot of his things. He's mm-hmm. listening to it and assuming that we're just right there along with him and know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> yep. So this is just how it starts. And it just goes, Church of the Cosmic Skull is a band you guys should check out. Cold Sweat, Evil in Your Eye, and Great Black Hole are solid examples from them. I've sent it to Bobby, but he's an unresponsive twat sometimes. <laughs> This is true. That's fair. That's super fair. <laughs> so I chose Cold Sweat out of all of those. I thought that was uh, the best of all three of those I've, songs. I've I, I kind of dig this band. I've heard, I've heard these guys before. Th- this came in a in a time. They came out at a time when, like, The Sword. And yeah. there's a mm-hmm. lot of these weird fantasy. It's it's almost like fantasy hard rock. Yeah. I don't even know what to call yeah, it. Yeah, and Nick but, really loves that genre of kind of gothic metal. Yes. Yeah. Theatric. Renaissance, Renaissance Ren- metal. Exactly. <laughs> Renaissance <laughs> Fair metal, not Renaissance yeah. metal. Renaissance <laughs> fair metal. <laughs> oh, with fat girls with turkey legs. Dog. I'm sorry. I think it's Renaissance. Renaissance. Renaissance? Mm. I've met Renaissance, yes. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. She had a toxin lick her butthole. I swear to God, it happened. That's a real story. <laughs> and some some listener in LA who turns out to actually be that person just opened her wrist. Uh, I don't think she lives here anymore. But oh, it was here. It wasn't uh, in LA. Oh, I heard stories. Oh, if well, she was here in the mountains with no yeah. sunlight, she definitely offed herself. It's I think I, I think her and Kitty Pride took a fucking <laughs> Jedi liner out of here. Kitty what the Pride. <laughs> <laughs> she she couldn't walk right through walls. <laughs> she, she, oh, dude. She's uh, she's walked through a few bars. I'll which is funny because Nick was like, I love the juxtaposition of Kitty and the Kool-Aid man boys. <laughs> She is definitely one of the most aggressive and ridiculous humans I've ever come across. So fucking funny. (laughs) He's been with me at the tab when she's burst through the wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. That's so funny. That was funny, Um, actually. So let's listen to uh, Church of the Cosmic Skull. This song is called Cold Sweat. It's like if Brian Adams met Luke Wilson. It is, but I, there's also like a flavor of meatloaf in there to me. There's a little, not really, because they're not as high-pitched as he is, but kind of his cadence well, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Unabashedly silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it does. It sounds great. But yeah, the, and the, it's a, the retro my, sound is cool, but the mix is fucking modernly bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the, 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 the actual tones of the instruments are retro to me. It was very cleanly mixed, like very, almost yeah. almost disturbingly so. It, so I'd, I, I'd want a little bit more fucking little stank. stank on my dang load, And that's dude. what I appreciate about it is it's <laughs> retro sounding without having to use the shit that other bands use. Like, it's not like the Black Keys where they run it through a bunch of filters to make it sound like it was recorded in the yeah, 70s exactly. they don't do that on purpose it just sounds retro in its execution I yeah suppose. It, it, there's a little retro on my i'm not going to go back to the 60s or 70s but there's an 80s niche to yeah. to the band a little bit like kind of the poppy upbeat songwriting that's why i said brian adams but like mm-hmm. it sounds like canadian hair folk <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, thanks, Nick. Uh, feel free to send us a message via Facebook or a private message on Instagram, or you can hit Bobby up on his Tinder profile. For sure. He'll be, uh, look for B and then the money symbol. It's just B money. Swipe right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be him shirtless. Uh, he kind of looks like Zangief from Street Fighter 2, <laughs> where it's like very, very, it's almost like flames of hair that come up oh, on yeah. the front, but the back, like a baby's bottom. Like the back baby's is hairless. Bottom. He's like a seal. Yeah. Whatever works, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Whatever gets him a moaning. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to uh, last week. Last week we recorded on Saturday, and then on Sunday was the season finale of a series that is very close to our hearts. We've been following on HBO Max called Lovecraft Country. And so now that the entire show is out, we felt like it was important to do a wrap-up of it. Absolutely. Um, and I, I had the idea where I was like, you know what? I want to wrap up the show, but I think this show is so important for so many specific reasons that I felt like – three aging white guys talking about a very black and often female driven uh, story like what we think about it I was like I don't know if I'd want to hear that I don't need to hear three white guys Wait, talk about it you don't think we have great insight as well, we old do. white men we do we into see, you know, young black yes. women's communities yes. we've been controlling a lot Duh. of things for a lot of years okay. so we know how it all works I mean we're obviously amazing at getting our perspective across obviously you know? <laughs> yeah. so why so, not yours so my idea <laughs> right. was my idea was and I didn't want to like force it or anything but I was like Aaron would you mind asking Rex if she would answer a few questions for us to kind of give us her perspective on it? Because I was really interested. I can We can only experience so much through our own prism of being. Like, we have been white dudes our whole lives, so we have lived a white dude life. And I wanted to hear what it felt like for somebody who wasn't white and who was a woman and what they felt about the show. So... Aaron, what'd you do? I asked very nicely. <laughs> um, and, and she, you know, you she's... You had to put your dick down for a second she, and exactly. pay attention to her. She's okay. she's not one to put her shit on Front Street. That's just kind of where she comes from, that Compton life. You don't you don't tell your laundry or give your thoughts too much to yeah. the public. Yeah. Uh, you'll tell somebody at a grocery store or a gas station, though, real quick. But you will not, <laughs> you will not typically put it down uh, via recorded audio. Um, unless you're, you know, doing a song or doing something else, um, it's hard to get, you know, that mentality is very difficult to get down on tape or on a recording because it's so personal and it's very exposing when you do stuff like that. So I was very, thank you, my dear. Thank you, my love for, for being able to do that for us. Um, so yeah, I asked her a bunch of questions we came up with, um, and full disclosure, she's not here in studio. We recorded these. But I hope you guys enjoy the insight for sure. The first question that I had for her is one of the episodes. I forget which episode was it. Was it six or five? Somewhere in the middle of the season, mm -hmm. um, a potion comes into play. Uh, by the way, spoilers. If anybody hasn't seen the show, I really suggest that you just skip ahead of this. We're about to have some amazing content here. But please watch this show before we ruin it because it's one of the most amazing programs in the last I don't know forever. Ever. Yeah, I don't know it's ever in the history of television. Yeah. Um, so the first question I had is there was this potion that came in and somewhere in the middle of the season, I forget what episode, where Ruby, um, which is Letty's sister, Letty's journey small let Letty's sister. Uh, takes this potion, essentially turns her into a white lady. And then she goes and she gets the job that she's always been hunting. And she, we kind of get to see what happens when she lives as a white woman. And I wanted to know, like, um, what if there was a potion that could, like, turn somebody white like that? What, what would that, like, what is your perspective on what the world would look like if that was real? Um, I think that the serum was less about being white and more about having freedom from blackness. And I really feel that it... The whiteness was secondary. 
Um, I think that it was just being able to be yourself and not have all these other things on your mind when you go out in public. How are people looking at you? How are you affecting them with your blackness? I think it was more just being free. And I, I saw that in her eyes in the show. This show has some amazing uh, perspectives, and one of the huge perspectives that we've never seen before is the perspective of a black woman. You happen to be a black woman. I'm really fascinated to to know what you think about this show and how it kind of progressed and and gave us a different viewpoint on on the black woman and her experience. I think they did it very well. Um, I think that they touched a lot on, I'm not sure if you guys know about this, but there's certain levels that black women are allowed to have. One is the Mammy and one is the Jezebel. And I think they um, did that very well with Ruby. So Letty was the Jezebel. Ruby was kind of the Mammy. But I love how they kind of switched those roles later in the show where Letty was kind of more the caretaker and um, Ruby kind of turned into kind of a little hoe and having fun and doing her thing with... um, with the, oh gosh, I'm not doing good on names right now. What was the brother and sister's name that were the same person? Not brother and sister, but the... The Braithwaite. Yeah. So she kind of was seducing them and becoming more of the Jezebel. And um, those are the only two things that we're allowed to have. But I think with Hippolyta, that kind of gave more depth to the black female experience. And, um, and then, of course, the little girl, um, her experience in kind of being ignored and... It, it was a lot. It was, yeah, there's a lot of different, I mean, because black women are women and they're going to be different, a lot of different things, but we just get seen through these certain lenses. And I love how they explored that. And my love, my last question is, or my, my, my question is, I should say, is the iconography of what happened within the context of the show with the cream of wheat guy and the jigaboo and the Jim Crow era versions of how we view that time um, growing up in L.A. with Little Sambo and, and doing all of that. How did, how did that affect you? What did it feel like? Um, and, and how do you think it was handled within the context of the show? Um, I found it amazing. I mean, you saw me, I cried like after almost every episode, but, um, the jigaboo thing I think was kind of the most impactful because it was terrifying that you would become that. And I think a lot of us even today are still stuck between taking care of ourselves and taking care of our families, but still taking care of, you know, our political side and everything. And it's like, if you don't do the right thing, that's what you become. Like you feel cursed. And I, I, it was it was amazing um, how when um, the young girl was when she got the knowledge from her mom, the jigaboo stuff started to disappear. I know there was a lot of other stuff going in the background, but um, like that's I think that's kind of our biggest fear as black people is to become that jigaboo. And it, it the way that they did it in horror and made it absolutely terrifying was just that was crazy. Um, but then there was also like the Aunt Jemima stuff or the cream of wheat guy stuff. I think those are just representations of what everybody thought we were should be for so long. And, um, but then that with like Hippolyta and her knowledge and how she was able to, you know, transcend, well, literally time and space, but in that transcending her blackness, I, I really, it just blew me away. Like there's, there's not enough time to talk about all of the amazing things that I saw there. Oh, and the the motorcycle lady. Gosh, I'm gonna. We gotta look that up. So I don't know if you recall when um, they were driving, 
and Erwin uh, Hippolyta was driving and the motorcycle lady went by her and waved and she was just so proud. I forget the lady's name, but I learned that that was an actual person. She was the first black woman to ride a motorcycle um, from coast to coast. And just that little bit of history, like learning these little things that I didn't even know um, was amazing. The ice cream thing was another thing. Um, when Ruby turned white and she ate vanilla ice cream for the first time, um, they wouldn't allow um, black people to do that except on like July 4th, I think, or something like that. And so just learning all these little weird historical points was just, it, it, it blew my mind. I, I learned so much from the show. Number one, thank you for doing this, my love. Lastly, if if somebody had not watched a show before and came to you and said, should I watch a show? What would you say to them and um, kind of convey about the importance of it? I think everyone would get something out of it. I mean, besides basic history, you can just see things from another person's point of view. I mean, they really get the black experience in the show. And it's not just like Django Unchained where it's just, you know, torture, torture, torture. It's It actually shows the family and, you know, how they love each other and how they support each other and the mistakes they meet and going to war and, and having that supernatural element of it. Just it it's it's just it's a lot of fun, but it's also terrifying because the most throughout all of the monsters and everything in the show, the most terrifying thing was the racism, I think. And it really shows racism as the villain, as the, the most terrifying thing you could imagine. And even now, like I couldn't even imagine being chased down in a car by cops who can do whatever they want to do to you. I mean, that still happens today, but not, there are no cameras. You're in the middle of, a, of the woods and someone can just kill you and no one would miss you. I mean, that's the most terrifying thing about all of this. Um, and the supernatural is almost secondary, I think. Um, like even that first episode, the monsters weren't the scariest part. It was the white people that were the scariest part. And and that that rings true to those of us who have been through it. But for someone who's never experienced that, I think they set it up in a really good way to make you feel it viscerally. Like you, you're literally tensed up. It's a horror film or a horror show. And so I, if only for that reason, for people to be immersed in that existence for an hour, it makes a huge difference. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Rex, for doing that for thank us. Thank you, my love. Yeah, that, that's, that was fantastic. Even some stuff we hadn't talked about prior, which I was Definitely. very... Um, That's why, because I, I feel like we didn't have the ability. Like, we didn't have any real-life experience to pull off of. We didn't have any stories from our families to pull off of, you know? Like, well, I, I didn't have any frame of reference for a lot of this stuff. No, and she was very kind of... But sitting next to her for 10 hours watching this series, there was stuff that she said now that maybe she just thought of. Yeah, for so, sure. So yeah. it, it resonates. Well, um, I was about to say, she's watching the show on a different frequency than we are. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Like from beyond? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The resonator? She's seeing shit we can't see. No doubt about it. Bobby calls his dick the resonator. The resonator. It, it, you heard it here first. And, it's, and it is forked. It'll make you <laughs> see It'll make you see interdimensional creatures. It's like a tuning fork. There's two of them. Forked. There, are two, there are two equally thin but doubly rigid <laughs> towers of cock next to each other that vibrate in Bobby's pants. Weird. Mm, no, that's okay, that is, though. That is weird. Yeah. Does, you know, it, you know, it, is, it is possible to overplay a joke. 
<laughs> As we've all discovered. Does it grow you a guys are terrible at getting me to turn it down. You guys need to police me. <laughs> law and order. Law and order. I'm chasing you by shaming you. Okay, that's your shaming. Is, do you know that? Does, I feed off that shit. You know it's no, not I, working. That's your hostage taken wife's job. <laughs> not mine. I know. I know. Period. Uh, well, her, she had a very nice cage. Same cage hey, as Melania. Uh, Gold-plated uh, cage. Um, so, God, please don't. Uh, everybody, I'm sorry I just did that. Please don't let this new Borat movie mean oh, that you're all, all going to start up. doing the fucking impressions again. Because there's some asshole that says, right. very nice. So, Aaron, you wanted, we were all going to like, who's going to do the two songs? No, Bobby, it's Bobby and yours pick, full disclosure. Yes. But. Within a matter of what, Bobby, 30 seconds, we sat down and went, then this is the first time we're doing this. Yeah. Dude, take the mint out of your mouth. It makes you sound weird. (laughs) Shut up, man. I got juicy mouth, dog. This is the first time we all sat down and looked at each other and went, yeah, we're going to do this. Mm. We've never done this before. There's a whiskey reel first, how we're going to approach this. But, Bobby, uh, I I want you to kind of explain what we're about to get into. Well, I mean, we have explored this gentleman's work in the past. Ian, friend of the podcast. (laughs) has uh, been discussed ad nauseum on our mm-hmm. show, but the reason being we find him to be one of the more important hip-hop artists probably in the last decade. Um, easily. Easily. Yeah. And um, we're all in love with his lyricism, and we're in love with his writing and his cadence, his meter, everything about this guy just sort of strikes a nerve with us. His um, dick. His dick. I'm a fan of his dick. Uh, we're obviously talking about Aesop Rock. Aesop um, Rock. We've, uh, he's got a new album coming up. Next, I mean, next could month be next, next week. It could be as early as next yeah. week. Hold on. Carol, when's that new Aesop Rock album drop? Oh, I'm looking forward to that one, boys. Spirit World Field Guide. That's coming out November 13th. That shit certainly slaps. Oh, that's <laughs> exciting. Number one, a little later than he promised us. Number two, Carol oh, yeah. is up on fucking game, dude. Yeah, she knows her shit. I, I didn't know yep. she was that deep an archivist. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. Man. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. And uh, this is a concept album, if there ever was one, right, boys? That's, That's what we've been hearing. Told. Spirit yeah. Guidebook, the first uh, first video was yeah, the Spirit Gates. World Field Guide. Yeah, the, the, the first one was the Gates, and it yeah. shows the Spirit Field Guide. Yeah. And then the second one was this one, which is called Pizza Alley. Which is interesting. Um, Sounds like someone for, on drugs named Even song. for Aesop, where he's very, very uh, metaphysical and he can get very existential and very wordy and hy- hyperbolic. And he can do all of that as because he and he's allowed to because he's Aesop. Mm-hmm. But the Pizza Alley thing is the title when you list the song. I'm not putting those particular pizza pieces together unless he was high off of ayahuasca at the Pizza Alley. There's a place called Pizza Alley in Denver. Is um, I look because when I first put this into Google before I found the video <gasps> of it on YouTube, there's a place called Pizza Alley, a New York original since 1976, and it's on 32nd and Lowell Boulevard in I'm Denver. I'm saying he got he fucking did DMT. He was in Denver in Pizza Alley, and he uh, thought he was in Peru. I mean, the, he went to art school in Boulder. Yep. So it, it's only a fucking. So it's a 45 minute drive it's a hop probably skipper, to this fucking dude. place. Yeah. Even yeah. though he's been in LA for a minute, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but he digs Colorado. And he comes. I mean, you fucking remember he was here. Yeah, right? he's he's been here like three times. Well, yeah. rhyme say Yeah, this is a rhyme sayers spot. I it know is. they, they had, drop it a like lot. Like brother Ali was used to come here and Greaves was yeah, supposed slug, to be here. Yeah, slug comes through. Yeah, they used to get all the all the kiddos through here. By the way, we're gonna play this whole song. We've never done that before. We've decided. Aesop's not going to come after us, and if he wants to, come on, bro. We just really want everybody to hear this whole song. If you're going to sue us, at least do a show. I mean, if we get the cease and desist letter, then we'll fix the fucking thing. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Come do a show, and we'll pull it down. Yeah, for sure. All right. How's that? 
Yeah, we're do we're overdue for a we're visit from Sop. No, for Mr. Sop. <laughs> He's never coming here. Yes. <laughs> he would. He has. Yeah. No, I mean to our podcast. Oh, he's no. He's definitely gonna, never coming He's not going to talk to our fucking idiots. So, dude. yeah, Bobby, We're go friends ahead. with one of his ex-girlfriends, though. I wonder if she has any pull on that. She does. Yeah. She'll, yeah. she'll dial him yeah. up. Dial She's him like, up. she'll be what like, up? for sure, he's fucking rolling his balls off at Pete's Alley. He loves that place. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, Aaron, you sent me this song. Um, I, of course, freaked out and, and threw it on immediately. <laughs> You're like, ah! Um, <laughs> you know what the one thing that people talk about with Aesop is always his verbosity mm-hmm. um, he just just there is no economy of words <laughs> yeah, <it's not. laughs> he's the opposite of Blake Crouch yeah <laughs> uh, he, he he says some shit man and um, he does not repeat himself a whole lot no this song is um, it's it's a it's dense <laughs> um, and trying to, we're going through it, reading the lyrics as we're reading, as we're listening to the tune, um, and we're finding more shit every time. And it's just this insane. is three pages, and it's like in yeah. eight point font. It, it is, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's pretty serious, man. And no one fucking does this. Plus, what you and I noticed, I think he he has a different cadence in this than we're kind of used to with Aesop. Slightly different, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like a his evolution hook, almost. His hooks are a little bit different than he's done before. His, and his uh, hook Aesop's, doesn't repeat Aesop's, either. Uh, Aesop, his A-B-A-B shit, what he does, A-A-B-B, A-B-A-B, that is clearly Aesop. Um, <clears throat> Bobby, you said something interesting. This man never repeats himself. I don't know if there's another MC that I've ever listened to over a long period of time that literally doesn't rhyme the same words twice. I don't know if yeah. that's possible, but this guy's got such a grasp of the language. Um, he, do, he doesn't have like that those certain key notes or key uh, terms that he'll go back to. Like a lot right. of artists, sure. have they have they have stuff that they will fall back on that mm. their comfort zone. Even the best of them, he is always out of his comfort zone, man. Like he just constantly is doing something different. And and I think other hip hop artists will tell you the exact same thing. Yeah, this is the MC of MCs. Like every MC. He'd, he'll never make a lot of money. A lot of people won't talk about him, but every other MC knows not to fuck with this kid. Period. End of story. Yep, absolutely. It's just the way it is. Because um, he's very serious about his craft. He's a craftsman. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and this one, I was so happy to be able to like shoot that out there because I just happened to get to YouTube first and find it. Yeah. And to, to and I knew. You guys listen to the what he's saying, and I know it's very dense, like Bobby said, very rich. Print the fucking lyrics out for yeah. yourself or download the lyrics for yourself. He's going in a different direction. He's clearly, I'm, I'm going to guess, he's going through an ayahuasca trip. That's and my recalling something, his something trip. psychedelic. Because um, he mentions ayahuasca, and that's the one that he mentions in the song. Because he's talking so. about Latin America. He's talking about South America, Latin America a lot. And yeah, But he's it, also th- talking about Melmac, the, so he's also talking he's about also space talking about stop. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's on a different shit. But a uh, couple things. Well, he says at the, at the end of the song, he even says, motherfucker, I am on one. I am yeah. on <laughs> one. Dude, period, end of story. Like hey, He's talking about all that. He's talking about Melmac. He's talking about papayas. He's talking about, dude, just Mothra and Godzilla. He's everywhere. And this is, I think, I think this album that he's putting out, the Spirit Guide book, is going to be his OK computer, you know, his fucking Halen 4. That's that's what <laughs> so we're that's, wow. His his master's reality, you know, like it's gonna be his magnum opus, I think. Those are always fir- the ones he uses as examples. These first this two- is their okay computer. I'm like, there's a lot of people that don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. That's fine. And if they, <laughs> they don't, should they should know. probably listen okay to computers. Jeff Foxworthy. Go suck a dick. <laughs> uh 
No, this is good. And it's too, and the second thing we co- we were talking about, Bobby, um, tell them about what your thoughts are as far as the track and how it's like it, it, laid it's, out. It's almost multiple tracks. Yeah. Um, he does not repeat his hook, as, as Sean mentioned. So there's you, you roll into this first hook. He repeats, he repeats, he repeats, and because it's a hook. And then, boom, the song changes. There's like a huge drop, and then the song, it almost becomes the second chapter of the song. And mm-hmm. uh, then there's another hook. And it's then a, he does a coda at the end exactly. using the same drum track. So the drums don't exist until the, after the first full verse. Right. There's no drums. It's mm-hmm. all sample. It's very crazy. Or played. And then it goes drums. And then it goes drums with coda, different melody. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. the only two, I love this, the only the only things he repeats are, are on purpose. And there are never let me die on a regular hill. Yep. And the river boils when it sees me. Right. And dude, I, <laughs> suck it. Dude. On the drogas. Keep it classy. Key to pizza alley. We've been trafficking an overheating taxi in Lima. Tickets to liberate the center. Pitch surrender to a witch doctor. Pouring amphibians out the blender. Underneath the glowing purple Christ. Perfect surf curl up and die. Cobblestone alone. A master class in open world design. I came from the wasteland and feather light trail pants. Fuji off the ant trail. Inca trail mailman. Feel in every hemisphere. Show me the ambrosia, maybe ghost into the coca leaf and holy heliconia. We're shaman up to zombify undocumented expats. High and writing ayahuasca letters back to Melmac. Dear friends, send help yesterday. Yours true condor, poma serpiente. Talk rap albums over alpaca medallions. With metalheads who traffic magic flowers from the mountains to the houses that are holy. A token of that sacred valley balance so you don't expel omega fatty acids. The strays in the plaza look happier than my neighbors. To Paddington Bear and waiters, it's amazers. What ship, what shore? I grew up writing riddles under bridges in New York. Now I travel like a highwayman who whispers to his horse, sharing stories that a winner trying to trigger something pure. From dying on the bind, it's alive and indivisible. To how to get this far without a bindle full of crystal skulls. Cozy local woven goods, beaded shit for people you have never met or spoken to, but know they'll need to hold Peru. Throw a couple logs on the fire, there's a chimney in San Blas where you can hear. Softly off the navy blue, April showers, paper moon, run the light and beat the drum and smoke the dope and raid the tomb. Pay no mind to the bygones, find him a strange hill to die on. Never let me die on a regular hill. Never let me die on a regular hill. Pay no mind to the bygones, find him a strange hill to die on. Never let me die on a regular hill. Never let me die on a regular hill. Let me die on a regular hill. Never let me die on a regular hill. The local homie blows smoke on his wounds. To talk about the jungle like it's always in the room. Doing shooting lumens out of a 
friends said the local to the gringo then dove in off the pirogue in a cloud of smoky mopacho they bought in from mosquitoes mosquitoes on the wall of the amazonian ethos out to bounce a light off any hairy eyeball in a basin wild pig owl baby came in coral snakes that drink down from the timbers like the six fingers of satan they only speak in s's you cannot get an amen i told my darkest secrets to a pair of fusion dolphins the doozy out in paris the features i had squandered they whispered something to me i will bear into my When the low, heavy sky weighs like a lid on the spirit aching for the light, and when embracing the horizon, it pours on us a black day which is sadder than any night. So uh, one little correction from earlier. I went and looked, uh, did a deeper dive on, because he said Pizza Alley in Lima, and there is a little town, it's kind of like a suburb of Lima in Peru called Miraflores, and they have this tourist attraction street called Pizza Alley. The English-speaking tourists call it Pizza Alley, but they call it Calle de las Pizzas, and apparently most of it's closed down now, and it's like uh, never going to recover. That's well, the first thing I saw. You can see that Mr. Sop. Yeah, Mr. Ian Sop. Yeah, um, spent might have done a little bit of ayahuasca down by Pete's Alley. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, because that's a place even, to do I, it. I don't even. And granted, he gets over his skis on a lot of the terminology and the placement and the talking about the Incas and the Iaquoian. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of like, there's a lot of uh, words simply that aren't English. So to to mix that into the rhyme scheme, it's unbelievable. As well as he does, it's not just out there to try to be cool, right? Like that's the difference. You see other guys trying to be like, I'm going to use all my big words <laughs> and and Aesop just comes in and just tortures you and he doesn't give a fuck and doesn't care what you think mm-hmm. yeah. and it's very clean and concise he just keeps getting better dude yeah I mean this is like this is this hip hop that has never happened before no right? we've we just, never heard this before no you guys that just heard that have never heard that hip hop before they, I this would argue new. that there's guys out there that are that not quite his level but like there's a lot of stuff like this out there there's a lot of existentialist metaphysical rappers yes you know we love Jedi yeah dude you can argue Vinny in his early years was as existential yeah. and icon like the hologram metaphysical yeah, yeah the icon not even that but even the first the first Jedi yeah like there was a time of backpack where it was cool to talk about like witchcraft and seraphim and fucking <laughs> Aleister Crowley and yep. you were getting yep. metaphysical and like deep with it Asam never felt like it was forced, contrived, or phony. He's mm-hmm. always been this. Yeah. He since Bazooka Tooth. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's always been the guy willing to be him and not care about getting paid. And I hope, I hope if there's any justice in the world, by the time this guy finishes his career, hopefully we'll be dead before them. So I'm gonna listen to him until I die. Yeah. But somebody's gonna recognize the 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 work this man has put into the game and how good he is. And if he's producing these two. He the the moment he gets recognized is when is when he, all of a sudden you start seeing his name in every article for some new artist who lists him as 
his biggest inspiration. Yeah. Once you, you have, start you to get the guys tr- that go forward and they're not going to be anywhere near Aesop, they're not even going to be like they're, him or anything. Gonna, there's going to be a renaissance because there always is. Everything is 360. Everything comes back. Right now, everybody that's coming out right now are looking to trap influences yeah. or, or what they conceive as classic MCing. But in reality, isn't there's going to be a but there's going to be a new era of backpack. It kind of started a little bit about ten years ago yeah. with like Odd Future and shit like that. Mm-hmm. There's a backpack feel, Earl sweatshirt and shit. Yeah. But I think there's going to be a bunch of serious backpackers coming forth, and he's going to be the John Smith of all those Mormons, dude. Fuck yeah! Uh, I'll so up. I'll that, that. that means that it's time, gentlemen, to clutch our pearls of wisdom. Right on. I'll go Who's first. Who's going first? I'll go first. Beth. Oh, Bob. I'll kind of piggyback on something Sean was talking about um, and alluded to a little bit. Um, we were talking about horror movies during this time of political strife and division. Um, you know what? We've got 11, 12 days, something like that, before this election. It doesn't have to be horror movies. It doesn't have to do something else, man. Get your fucking ballot, drop mm. it in the box, and then tune the fuck out of this shit for a while because right now mm. there is an anxiety level going through us through this society that is so heightened and so elevated and it's it's wearing on me it's wearing on everyone around um these fights that we're getting into with businesses and on facebook and with our friends and with our family and all i think we need to tune out for a little bit you know like the, y- you know goddamn well who you're going to vote for and what's going to happen right so fuck it get it done and let's let's take a break yeah, man. Uh, I'll dovetail on that and give Sean the, the last word. But with that, and he's saying um, tune out, with that goes a tremendous amount of patience for the people in your life who aren't able to or are, uh, uh, unwilling to. And um, um, we're going to be the most exaggerated aggro versions of ourselves right now. We've never seen this before. We've been dealing with almost a year's full of a pandemic. Uh, we're ready to vote for an administration, and like we've we've said on this program, either way, things may go sideways. Um, you know, whether your guy wins or not, I think people are going to be pissed. It's going to be very interesting. Um, hopefully, cooler heads prevail. But for me, it is patience with the people that you are with um, because they're not going to get it like you get it sometimes. Um, sometimes you're not going to get it before they do, and you got to be patient with yourself to catch up. Uh, last night I had a little bit of a, you know, we, you know, Rex and I have been spending a lot of time with each other, um, which is a wonderful thing. And there are those times where you almost got to read the room man, and go, I, you, you don't need me breathing down your neck right now. Do you? And it's that patience of being okay with all that. Um, I, I suggest above all patience, um, dealing with everybody else when you're done dealing with yourself. Nice. I actually turned my microphone off for that so I couldn't, even if I wanted to, interrupt Sean, anybody. This, this, might pearls be the of first, this might be the first clutch of pearls that Sean hasn't interrupted. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to go with number so one. Hard. Well, now I really recognize it and I'm doing my best to be better. <laughs> You're so good, Chetty so Buddy. <laughs> so my, my clutch of pearls I'm going to close this out with. We all get to that point in our life where there is a critical road and it's forks. You know, we have to make a choice. You have to look into your fucking soul and just ask yourself, am I going to be the same piece of shit that chooses frozen yogurt over ice cream or carrot cake or something that a fucking adult eats? Stop going to top that. All right. They're racist fucks and their products dog shit. 
Wow. I yield the rest of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say when there's a fork in a road, not unlike Bobby's dick. <laughs> I thought you were really going down that road. Yeah. They referred to him as the tuning fork in, in the porn, early 80s porn when he was 10. Dude. Oh, my God. I love it. I love you guys. Um, guys, we're going to see you next week. I'm got glad I got to blindside you guys again. Usually I telegraph it and you can see it coming. Yeah, yeah. No, that, <laughs> that, one, that one got me. This is true. That was fucking funny. Um, top that, not a good place. Not a good place. Um, there's a lot of different places that aren't good places. We don't like to hit list people. Um, if you understand who we are and what we're about, uh, you know what? We're gonna sh- we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna divert our ire from Primus. We're just we gonna go did. full board. Okay, I know, but I'm saying we, people we don't even need to mention. Us. We don't even need to mention Primus again. Primus, uh, but top I will say twat. Top twat, dude. Top twat. Um, you know what? There is a very, very special place for you, and it's not in hell. It's worse. It's called the Aztec. <laughs> <laughs>